today we come to Luke chapter 14, and and if you read it, um, you know you, you're 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 seeing a lot of repeated themes uh, in this neighborhood of Luke Luke's gospel. It's the same in 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 all the gospels. I said not too long ago that the 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 gospel accounts are not like normal biographies that you read that are just relaying information about a person's life. No, the way the Luke the way the gospel writers arranged the material, they put certain things together, certain teachings together, certain miracles together, whatever, to convey a theological point. So you find a lot of repeated themes in the Gospels. And so here again, Jesus deals with self-righteously judgmental Pharisees and other religious leaders. He did that in the last chapter. Jesus has, has to reveal yet again that many who simply presume to be a part of the kingdom Inward, inwardly believing they are worthy of it, they're mistaken. Jesus reveals the character of those who truly belong to the kingdom. They are humble and grateful servants who have gladly counted the cost of following Jesus. So let's take a closer look at what we find here. Uh, the first truth, I guess, we could draw out is, is the obvious truth or the, the fundamental truth. No one in the kingdom deserves it. No one in the kingdom deserves it. As the chapter opens, we find another uh, seen in, in, in verses 1 through 6 just like the one in the last chapter in which Jesus healed a person on the Sabbath. Not only that, but just as in the last chapter, Jesus here also has self-righteously judgmental onlookers in the Pharisees. It's as if they are simply <laughs> lurking in the background waiting for Jesus to slip up and do something wrong. We're told in verse 1 that they were watching him carefully. Why? Not to follow him, but to condemn him. Even when Jesus asked them a simple question, they just remained silent. Verse 4, because they didn't want to be the focus. They didn't want the focus to be on them, but rather on Jesus. Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath anyway, despite their condemning glares, and posed a question to them that they couldn't answer, verses 5 to 6. But their attitude and train of thought is palpable here. And that, uh, that is that they believed they were the rightful recipients of the kingdom of God. They believed they were the keepers of God's law and sat in judgment over everyone else. They sat in the places of honor, verse 7, believing that they deserved it and had earned it. Well, they missed the fact that no one deserves a place in the kingdom of God. Jesus will tell them a parable in verses 8 through 11 to emphasize that truth. We don't deserve it. They didn't. You don't. I don't. Whenever we sit in judgment over others, we are saying by our actions that we are the ones who deserve the kingdom and must look like us and act like us in order to join us. When we feel like we have to condescend to do something beneath our dignity in order to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ or to go out of our way to say encouraging things to them, then again, we are saying by our actions that we believe that we are the measure of those who are favored of God and deserve the kingdom. What a rude awakening we are in for if that describes us. No one deserves the kingdom. It's a gift. And so the second truth is the kingdom is not a place for self-promotion. The kingdom is not a place for self-promotion. If the kingdom is not something we earn by self-effort or are born into by our own uh, unchosen heritage then it's it's also not something we advance in by self-promotion we get in by grace and we advance through humility this is the point of the parable in verses 7 through 14 jesus says very pointedly 
Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's verse 11. This echoes Jesus' repeated refrain in the Sermon on the Mount that the one who seeks the praise of men and receives the praise of men has received his reward in full whenever it is that they praise him. And if that's your ultimate goal, to be recognized and praised by others, then you can expect that that will be all the reward received. On the other hand, Jesus urges in all things to seek the favor of God and to please him, even if it is him alone, in all things, so that better uh, than being repaid with flimsy and fickle praise of men, we can be repaid at the resurrection of the just, verse 14. Who really believes praise from men is more enjoyable and satisfying than praise from God? Um, and unfortunately, though, though no one would say it, many live as though that's exactly what they believe. Uh, C.S. Lewis talked about this in his book, uh, Mere Christianity. People cannot even fathom what is meant by the praise of God. They have their, their minds so fixated on this world and, and what other people think, they can't even conceive of the glorious uh, riches of being favored by God. He, he describes it as a little boy who chooses to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot even imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the beach. And when we live that way, we testify that the gospel of Jesus Christ is to us simply a state of a set of true statements that we're willing to agree to rather than a life transforming reality in which the Holy Spirit brings us to believe in those truths and in those truths takes those truths and uses them to mold our minds and our characters to look and act just like Jesus. When that is the gospel we believe. It is Jesus we desire to promote, not ourselves, even if it means humbling ourselves and laying down our lives for his glory. And finally, <clears throat> the kingdom is for those who count the cost. The kingdom is for those who count the cost. The chapter ends with Jesus telling another parable and reiterating the cost of living in his kingdom. He's already told us about the rewards that await us, but now he emphasizes that the road we walk in the kingdom isn't an easy one. It's one in which a person needs to sit down and in verse 28 count the cost before starting it will require us to renounce being our own lord and master verse 33 and to bear our own cross and follow him verse 27 right before he gave these sayings he told a parable to show that many who claim to uh, to want to be a part of his kingdom make all sorts of excuses when they hear what life in the kingdom is really like the hardships are unavoidable though the joys that go with them are unmatchable. So Jesus says count the cost of following him. But to help you make that decision, I would counsel you to also count the cost of not following him. <laughs> and that clarifies the decision a great deal. And those are some thoughts on Luke chapter 14.